y'all. Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 7, called The Mentalists. But before we get going, we'd like to give a shout out to Whitney because we got an email from her and she's awesome and super sweet. Yeah, hi Whitney. Thanks for listening. You're great. <laughs> we love you. We <laughs> do. Okay, so we start out uh, inside a house. It's nighttime. There's a medium, a man, and a woman who are holding hands around a Ouija board, which is their first mistake. <laughs> yes. There okay. are many mistakes in this episode. However, yes. Yes. you never mess with one of those boards. You just don't. <laughs> no, nope. I learned my lesson. Do you remember? <laughs> I got rid of mine. I yeah. Still, mm-hmm. I still like shudder with like how long to think about how long it has been in my house. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even like, I don't even touch them in the store, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> they can just heck off. <laughs> <laughs> heck off. I like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the medium says, yes, the spirit has gathered around us. Are you with a spirit? The man rolls his eyes, the curtains flutter and the woman smiles. The woman says, I feel something. I have goosebumps. Uncle Danny. The medium says, we're going to make contact now. Rest your hands on the planchette. The medium and the woman put their fingers on the planchette in the middle of the Ouija board, and the medium says, let the spirit guide our hands. The medium closes her eyes and tilts her head upwards and says, oh, spirit, are you the one we seek? Are you Uncle Danny? (laughs) The planchette moves towards the yes on the Ouija board. The woman says, I'm not doing that. The man says, yeah, she's pushing it. The medium takes her hands away from the Ouija board, so the woman does too. Uh, The medium says, it's okay to be skeptical. Danny, if you're with us, knock twice for yes. Then there are two knocks. The woman smiles again and says, Danny, can you ask him, is he happy? The medium closes her eyes and tilts her head upwards again. Uh, They hear two knocks again. The medium says, he is, he's happy. The woman says, is Sadie with him? The man says, now you're being ridiculous, Cynthia. Who cares about Sadie? (laughs) The The woman raises her hands to her forehead and says, ah, yes, I see, a family pet. Cynthia says, that's her. Sadie was a schnauzer. <laughs> the medium says, she's that with Danny. That word always made me laugh. Schnauzer. Schnauzer. Yeah, me too. Just reminds me of a nose. <laughs> yeah, a big noggin. A schnoz. A schnoz. Yeah, not noggin. <laughs> the medium says, she's with Danny, chasing tennis balls in the afterlife. Cynthia says, Sadie loved tennis balls. The man says, there was important papers. No one can find them. They weren't in the safe. Can you just ask him? The medium says, of course, I need you to place your hands with me on the planchette. The man reaches for the planchette, but as he does so, the lights flicker and electricity crackles. The medium says, maybe Danny doesn't like the question. The man says, tell him to quit fooling around. He knows damn well that's my money. The fireplace roars and then dies down. Cynthia says, can't you two stop squabbling? For Pete's sake, he's dead. Tell him we're sorry. Maybe if we're nice, he'll... The planchette starts to move on its own. Cynthia says, oh my God, Danny. The planchette rushes across the boards to no. Then they can see their own breath. The medium stands up. Cynthia says, what's going on? The planchette rises into the air, turns, and then stabs the medium in the throat. In the throat. In the throat. In the the throat. (laughs) Blood splatters onto the man. He and Cynthia gasp and scream as the medium falls dead to the floor. And then we get our opening title sequence. It was pretty gross, too. 
Like that just, I like, I, when I watched that part, I literally like grabbed my own throat. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we cut to Dean walking along the street, carrying a bag of food from Fat Max Barbecue Rib Shack. He checks his cell phone, which says no messages. He stops next to a blue and gray Dodge Challenger, looks around, and then breaks in. He looks in disgust at the pile of garbage on the passenger seat and says, geez, have some pride. <laughs> Dean pushes the garbage onto the floor and then hot wires the car. He says, yeah. The radio says, oh, that makes me hungry. You're listening to The Morning Chaos with me, Bananas Foster. Dean says, the hell I am, asshole. Who would name themselves Bananas Foster? <laughs> That just sounds like some sort of really dirty joke that I don't quite understand. But like, Maybe that's I don't know if point. I want to either. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about banana hammocks. Oh! Oh no! It's fine. Yeah. It's all fine in my brain. Depends on... It depends on the it. person in the banana hammock. Yeah. Who's being hammocked. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm going to just move on. Yes, please. <laughs> so Dean goes to change the channel, but then stops. The radio says, and now for news of the weird, two very odd murders to be exact. Mediums are dying in Lilydale, the most psychic town in Ameri- in Ameria. In America. In America. In America. So, so if you want to know your future, stick to that 900 line, because it's me, or should those guys have seen it come? Oh, okay, he says. <laughs> ah, sorry, my drug alarm is going off. Oh, no, you're fine. Did you hear the vibration? It sounded like the loudest vibrator again. <laughs> sorry. We've had this problem before. <laughs> <laughs> Things just don't sound right when they're on the desk. Nope. They don't. Okay. Um, okay. So he says, because is it me or should those guys have seen it coming? So we cut to inside the dead medium's house. Uh, Dean shows his FBI badge to a police officer and looks around the room where the medium died. Uh, he finds a tape recorder under the table and plays the recording, which is of rustling noises. He moves a lever on the floor and there are mumbling voices. He presses a switch on a chair and the curtains flutter about. Dean says, oh, spirits of the further, am I going to win the Powerball? <laughs> Dean presses a large lever under the table and there's a knocking sound. Dean says, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> so we cut to Dean walking down the street. He stops at a poster for the annual Lilydale Psychic Festival featuring Imelda Graven, uh, Grandma Goldie, and Nikolai Lishin. He goes inside the Good Graces Cafe. A blackboard on the wall says, special of the day, you, and soup of the day, a state of bliss. The waiter says, hello, first time at Good Graces? Dean says, yes. The waiter says, well, we are 100% locally sourced, biodynamic, and you get a free affirmation with every order. Dean says, think I'll source a taco joint. The waiter says, all right. Dean goes to leave, but hears Sam's voice coming from a nearby table. Sam says, just coffee, black, extra shot. Sam is sitting at a table reading a case file. Dean goes up to him and says, you always wear a suit to get your palm red? Sam doesn't reply or acknowledge Dean. Dean says, yeah, not surprised you caught this one. It's on every morning zoo in America. You mind? Sam motions his hand, so Dean takes a seat across the table. Dean says, so I uh, went to the scene. Wires, speakers, enough EMF to make your hair stand up. Don't even think about getting a reading. Oh, and if this hadn't been, uh, if this hadn't have been two psychics, that bit, it, 
sorry. If this hadn't have been two psychics that bit it, I would have just chalked this up to being a dumb and accidental. And I know, I know, this whole town's supposedly calling ghosts, but that takes some serious spell work and some serious mojo. The only books this lady had were Oprah crap. When was the last time you actually saw a real psychic, huh? Pamela? Missouri? Anyway, this, and Dean gestures towards Sam, is good. And uh, how have you been? The waiter comes up and says, and what can I get for you? Dean says, uh, pancakes, cider pig, coffee, black. The waiter says, fantastic. You are a vera manifestation of the divine. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm thinking about banana hammocks. <laughs> oh! <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. The waiter smiles and leaves. Dean says, what the hell did he say to me? <laughs> Sam shakes his head and looks away. Dean says, oh, it's funny. Yeah, no, go ahead. Laugh it up, Sam. Hilarious. <laughs> Sam says, Dean. Dean says, oh, he speaks. Sam says, look. Dean says, Sam, look, we're both here, all right? The chance of either of us, the chance of either one of us leaving while people are still dying out there. And Dean makes a zero sign with his hand. Dean says, you might as well bite the bullet and work with me on this one. Sam says, I don't know if I can. Dean says, I'm not asking you to open up a can of worms, okay? I'm not even asking you where the hell you've been for the past week and a half. Sam says, good. Dean says, I'm just saying, let's try and stop the killings. That's it. Sam says, okay. Dean says, okay, good. A woman stops at their table and stares at Sam and Dean in horror. Dean says, can I help you? The woman <laughs> says, you're the brothers from the... Sam says, oh, no, no, no. The Winchester guys on the news a couple weeks back? No, we get that a lot. Dean says, yeah, no, those depraved killers got put down like the dogs they were. Us, on the <laughs> other hand, we're completely harmless. The woman starts laughing and says, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, silly me. And I can see by your energies, you're completely gentle. <laughs> a man sure, walks up. I know, right? A man walks up and puts his arm around the woman. The man says, excuse my friend, she's excitable. Sweetheart, look at them, hmm? They're FBI. The woman says, oh. The man says, I'm Russian. We can spot the law. You must be here about the tragedies. The woman says, oh, we're just beside ourselves about what happened. Dean says, yeah, and so close to festival season, huh? The woman says, yeah, no. The man says, of course we are worried. We have no idea what's going on, huh? The man takes out a business card and hands it to Sam and says, Nikolai, let me know if I can help you. I'm highly intuitive. Sam says, Nikolai Lishin, Spoonbender. Nikolai says, hmm, world famous. Nikolai picks up Sam's spoon and says, come to my demonstration at the festival, huh? Nikolai makes a hand motion over the spoon and says, I'll teach you to harness the power of your mind. Nikolai puts the spoon down, which is not bent. He's going to teach him to use the force. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, Sam already knows how to use the force. He just has to drink a bunch of demon blood. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe That's he's fine. got a way around the blood thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nikolai says, come, let's leave them be. Nikolai and the woman walk away. Dean says, so glad we decided to vacation here, huh? Right? Sam says, all right, here we go. First death, second death. Sam gives the file over to Dean. It's open on a photograph. Dean says, what am I looking at? Sam says, we'll see this. Now, this is Imelda Graven, death number one. She was brained by her own crystal ball. Dean says, bummer and ironic. Dean turns over a page. The next photograph is of the medium who is stabbed by the planchette. Dean looks back at the first photograph and says, same necklace? Sam says, yeah, see, Imelda gave it over to Goldie in her will. Dean says, okay, so cursed object maybe. Sam says, worth looking into. Goldie's next of kin lives in town, also a psychic. Dean says, oh good, I haven't had my fill. 
<laughs> so Sam pours sugar into his coffee. He picks up his spoon, which suddenly bends. Sam says, he broke my spoon. <laughs> He's so put out for the spoon thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Dean walking up to a house. The door opens and two women come out. Dean says, Melanie Golden, hi. Uh, got a minute? Uh, Sam and Dean hold up their FBI badges. Melanie's friend says, you want me to stay? Melanie says, no, that's okay. So her friend says, okay. Melanie hugs her friend and says, thanks for stopping by, hun. Melanie's friend says, of course, and then she leaves. Melanie says, a friend, she just heard about my grandmother, which is, I guess, why you guys are here. So come on in. So they cut to inside Melanie's house. She clears some clutter and says, sorry, I just got back. Dean says, you were out of town? Melanie says, yeah, I work the circuit, hotels, conventions, you know. Dean says, oh, wait, no offense, but you don't seem all that psychic. Melanie says, why do you say that? Dean says, well, I mean, just, you know, where's all the crystals and pyramids? Melanie says, I'm off the clock. Also, not psychic. What? It's an honest living. Dean says, interesting definition of honest. Melanie says, well, I honestly read people. It's just less woo-woo, more body language. Like you two, longtime partners, but um, a lot of tension. She <laughs> gestures to Sam and says, you're pissed. She gestures to Dean and says, and you're stressed. It's not brain surgery. It's kind of why my grandma and me didn't get along. I mean, she'd go full smoke machine, but she still actually believed in all that stuff. So Dean says, you don't? Melanie says, you do? Dean says, I've got an open mind. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Melanie says, hmm. Sam says, I'm sorry to have to ask, but there's a necklace of your grandmother's. Melanie says, I don't have it. Everything went straight to the Emporium. She had a deal with the owner. Sam says, the Emporium? So we cut to a shop called the Emporium. Dean and Sam walk up to the counter. The man behind the counter says, hmm, you're looking for something. <laughs> Dean says, you're good. Sam says, you Jimmy tomorrow? Jimmy says, uh-huh. Sam says, we're looking for a necklace. Jimmy says, oh, romantic. Sam says, it would have come in with Grandma Goldie's effects. Sam puts a photo of Imelda Goldie on the counter and points at the necklace on, in the photo. Jimmy says, oh, yes. Now, you do know that this is the orb of Thessaly. Dean says, we did not know. Jimmy picks up a large metal box and places it on the counter and says, very powerful, very rare. Dean says, let me guess, very expensive. Jimmy says, worth every penny. He takes out the necklace, and Dean says, well, in that case, and Sam and Dean hold up their FBI badges, Dean says, we'll be taking the state's evidence discount. Jimmy <laughs> says, what's going on? Sam says, a murder investigation that we'd like to personally thank you for not obstructing. Sam reaches out to take the necklace, but Jimmy grabs Sam's wrist. Jimmy says, you know, I give private energetic readings. Sam says, no thanks. Jimmy's like, I don't want anything private to do with you. I know. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. Jimmy <laughs> says, a loss weighs on you. You're angry. It's complicated. Come and see me, agent. Jimmy gives his business card to Sam. It reads, Jimmy tomorrow, private readings, no future, too grim. <laughs> Sam takes the card, uh, but looks pissed about it. Dean says, thanks, Jimmy. We'll see you. Sam and Dean walk away, but Jimmy calls after them. The Bureau is going to reimburse me for the necklace, right? Dean says, oh, we'll send you a check. Jimmy says, right. So we cut to outside the Emporium. Sam is checking out the necklace. Dean says, went a little mentalist on you there, didn't he? Sam looks at Dean, but doesn't answer. But doesn't answer. <laughs> Dean says, all right, next question. What's an orb of Thessaly? Sam says, I know one thing. It's made in Taiwan. Sam gives the necklace to Dean. Dean says, oh, a fake around here. Imagine that. Of course, that means that whatever's killing mediums is still out there. Dean and Sam get into Dean's Dodge. 
So we cut to Nikolai's house. He's the spoon bender. He sits on the couch with a beer and empties a bag of silverware onto the coffee table. Uh, he picks up a fork, rubs it, and then bends it with his hands. It unbends all on its own. Nikolai looks surprised and then concerned. The lights start to flicker. Electricity crackles. Nikolai looks down at the coffee table in horror. All the silverware is standing straight up. He stands up and takes a few steps away from the table. When he exhales, he can see his own breath. Then he's lifted off the ground by an invisible force. He hovers above the coffee table and then dropped down onto it, getting impaled by all the silverware. That is like super gross. And it kind of reminds me of one of those, oh, I think it's like a magic trick where they have like this two spiked plates where they're like trying to escape or something before the spikes drop or something. I feel like we've seen that maybe in an episode or maybe I'm just, I'm thinking of a different show. Oh, I think that was in the, in the magic episode of Supernatural, The Magicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think something like that happened in that. It reminds me of that, but like way worse. Because, okay, if you get little spikes going through you that are like sharp, at least like there's less damage. Where if you have like forks and spoons going through you. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, pretty gross. <laughs> I can't even imagine how horrible that must have felt. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so we cut to some time later. Sam and Dean are at Nikolai's checking out the crime scene. Uh, Dean looks at the silverware and says, he probably should have bent those with the power of his mind. Sam says to a cop, we met at the station. The chief says, right, good morning, agent. Sam says, morning, uh, this is Agent Bourne. So what happened? The police chief says, it's a weird one, chest full of cutlery. Dean says, all right, we're going to take a look around. Let us know if you get any leads. The police chief says, oh, I got leads coming out of my ass. As of nine o'clock, our tip line had 46 calls, all from clairvoyants that know what really happened. Dean says, so what's the popular theory? The police chief says, it's a toss-up between a ghost and some sort of ogre that only attacks Russians. Dean says, policing Lilydale sounds like fun. The police chief says, it was either this or Los Angeles. <laughs> Sam says, so these clairvoyants, did they give any details as to why they thought it was a ghost or a Russian ogre? The police chief says, their spirit monkey said so. Plus, apparently, this guy claims he had a vision of his own death, cutlery and all. Dean's phone rings, and he says, excuse me. On the phone, he says, hello? Melanie says, Agent Bourne, it's Melanie Golden. Dean says, everything okay? Melanie says, did you mean it when you said you had an open mind? So we cut to Melanie's house. Melanie is holding a landline phone. She, sa- she says, I hadn't checked it until today. I mean, the only person who ever called my landline was my grandma. Sam says, that's okay, go on. Melanie says, look, I wouldn't put any stock in it. I mean, she was always calling me with some crazy dream she was sure was a sign, that kind of thing. But uh, is it true Nikolai had a real vision of his death? Dean says, that's what we were told. Melanie says, well, so did she, the day she died. Dean says, what did she say? Melanie says, well, you can listen to it if you want. She says she was in a seance and the lights go. It's freezing. Sam says, wait, she said that, that the room got cold? Melanie says, yeah, why? Is that important? Uh, Sam and Dean look at each other. Melanie says, what? What is it? Dean says, a ghost. The real deal. Melanie says, come on. You're serious. Dean says, yeah, see, uh, fake woo-woo crap. And then there's real woo-woo crap. (laughs) Melanie says, yeah, but ghosts. Dean says, oh, trust me, there's a lot weirder out there than that. Melanie says, so the X-Files is real, or you just stop talking like an FBI agent. Sam says, well, uh, we're not FBI agents. Melanie says, I need a drink. (laughs) Dean says, I support that. So we cut to Sam and Dean. Solid (laughs) statement. (laughs) Yeah. Dean's like, do that, please. (laughs) 
So we cut to Sam and Dean outside of Melanie's house. Dean says, you know, if this is a spirit, it ain't your average spook tied to a house. I mean, this thing is boogieing all over town. Sam says, not surprised. The camera pans to show two psychic signs at nearby houses. Sam says, I mean, how many crystal balls do you figure there are in Lilydale? Dean says, somewhere between 50 and uh, all of them. <laughs> Sam says, well, I mean, quartz can act as an antenna for spirits, right? I mean, that's why mediums started using crystal balls in the first place. Dean says, well, that means that every storefront in town has got a ghost satellite dish. Sam says, exactly. And this place is packed with people summoning spirits. Dean says, yeah, but dude, most of these guys can't even call a taxi. <laughs> Sam says, all it takes is one. Dean says, that's going to be like looking for a needle in a stack of fake needles. Sam says, it's worse. I mean, I'll bet you anything some of these guys got real juice. I'm not talking kill people level. I'm just saying enough to make it complicated. Okay, Debbie Downer. <laughs> He is being a Debbie Downer. <laughs> well, he's still all pissed off about his friend dying, so. I mean, which I totally understand, but like, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Dean says, I hate this town. All right. So, and he opens the driver's door with the Dodge. Uh, Dean, he says, what? Start hitting up the... Blah, 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 blah. Start hitting up the Miss Cleos. Sam says, I was thinking split up in canvas. It's faster. And Sam walks away. Dean says, right. Of course you were. So we cut to outside Melanie's friend's house. Her name is Camille. She's dressed in costume. Uh, she dumps a container of bones onto a table, whispers over them, and raises one to her forehead. A woman customer is seated across from her. The customer says, what is it? My brother? Is he going back to prison? Camille says, stay away. His curse will drag you down. Folks do... Folks do turn jail into a habit, you know. The customer looks disappointed. Camille says, oh, no, no, don't fret. I as always say, family is a pain in the ass anyhow. The customer says, thank you, Sister Thibodeau. Camille says, no, child, thanks, thank the spirits. Now, will that be cash or credit? So I cut to Camille counting money and putting it away in a metal box. Then her eyes go white and she has a vision of fire, a clock chimneys, uh, a clock chiming two o'clock and then being strangled. We cut to Camille's doorbell ringing. It's Dean and Melanie. Melanie says, it's okay. Like I said on the phone, he can help. Camille says, phony lawman, huh? Dean says, yeah, because nobody can relate to phony around here. Camille says, well, if you can do something, I don't care if you call yourself the Pope. Dean says, all right, what happened exactly? Camille says, what happened is I had a friggin' vision. Something is coming for me. Dean says, what's coming? Did you get a look? Camille says, no, but I sure felt it when it started breaking my bones. I don't want to die. Dean says, okay, we'll figure it out. The vision happened in here. Camille says, yes, by the cash box. Dean notices a camera and a mask on the wall and says, is there any chance good looking was watching? So they all watched the video. When Camille's eyes go white, the picture cuts out. Camille says, what was that? Dean replays the video. A ghost of a woman can be seen behind Camille. Uh, Melanie says, what the hell? The ghost on the video footage comes up behind Camille and puts her hands on her head. Melanie says, oh my God. Camille says, oh my God. Melanie says, what was that? I mean, was that an actual, Dean says, bona fide. Yeah, well, no offense, but nobody's having psychic vision, visions around here. This spirit, whoever she is, is giving them out. Camille says, and then killing people? Dean says, until we stop her. Well, the good news is you said you saw a clock and it read 2 a.m. So that gives us a little time. Now, does anybody recognize this chick? Melanie says, you know, I swear I've seen her like in a painting or something. Dean says, a painting? Like a, Melanie says, no, not a painting. And one of those old photos in the museum. 
So we cut to inside Lilydale Museum of Curiosities. A museum guide is leading a group into a room in which Sam and Dean are looking at photos. The museum guide says, Lilydale has long been a haven for the psychically gifted. Tortured elsewhere, they're embraced here. My own family has a modest natural gift. We also celebrate our long and colorful history of embellishers. <laughs> People in the group laugh. A bunch of phonies. That's and yeah, exactly. Embellisher? I wouldn't say that's a good thing. You know? Yep, <laughs> yep. The museum guide gestures towards the display and says, ectoplasm illusion, circa 1890. Sam rolls his eyes and walks out of the room. Dean follows him. Sam and Dean are now in a room with lots of photographs on the wall. The camera pans in on the mystifying Campbell brothers. Sam sighs. The museum guide comes up to them and says, never ended well for the siblings. Dean says, why is that? The museum guide says, the strain of working together and maybe just being around each other all their lives. Those two were the exception, actually. The Campbells got along famously. Of course, that was just a stage name. They weren't actually brothers. That was a cover for their um, alternative lifestyle. <laughs> Any other questions I can answer? Sam points to a photo of two sisters and asks, yes, who are they? The museum guide says, oh, the Fox sisters, among the founders of Lilydale, Kate Fox quite troubled apparently but mesmerizing on stage she is said to be able to levitate objects and foretell one's death dean says to sam that's her the museum guide says her older sister margaret perhaps not a natural psychic dean says so full of crap the museum guide says yes well she didn't have her sister's charisma but she looked after kate sometimes one's true gift is taking care of others dean says so what happened to them the museum guide says lived here all their lives sam says lived here and died here the museum guide says, yes, we'll bury it in the cemetery. Sam says, great, that was very educational. Thank you. Dean. And Sam walks away. The museum guide grabs Dean's arm and says, I'm sorry, I don't normally do this during business hours, but do you know an Eleanor or an Ellen? She seems quite concerned about you. She wants to tell you, pardon me, if you don't tell someone how bad it is, she'll kick your ass from beyond. You have to just trust someone again eventually. The museum guide lets go of Dean and says, anyway, don't forget to visit the gift shop. So we cut to outside the museum. Sam says, all right, hit up the graveyard, dig up Kate. Dean says, all right, wait a second. Sam says, all signs point to her, Dean. Dean says, no, just hold on a damn minute. Sam stops and, Sam stops and turns to face Dean. Dean says, enough with just the facts. Sam says, we agreed. Dean says, no, we agreed to work the case. We didn't agree for you to be a dick the whole time. <laughs> Sam says, what? Dean says, you're pissed, okay, and you've got it right. Sam says, yeah, damn straight. Dean says, but enough's enough. Sam says, says who? Look, I'll work this damn case, but you lied to me and you killed my friend. Sam turns and walks away. Dean walks after him and says, no, I put down a monster who killed four people, and if you didn't know her, you'd have done the same thing. Sam says, I did know her, Dean. Dean says, yeah, which is why you couldn't do it. Look, I get it. There are certain people in this world, no matter how dangerous they are, you just can't. Sam says, don't pull that card. That's bull. Look, if I learned one thing, it's that if something feels wrong, it probably is. Dean says, usually, yeah, but killing Amy was not wrong. You couldn't do it, so I did. That's what family does, the dirty work. And I would have told you eventually, once I knew this whole waving a gun at Satan thing was a one-time show. I think it's reasonable to want to know that you're off the friggin' high dive, Sam. You almost got us both killed, so you can be pissed all you want, but quit being a bitch. And Dean walks past Sam towards the dodge. Sam stands there and watches him. So we cut to the graveyard at night. Sam is digging the grave while Dean holds a flashlight. Sam says, I get why she's killing people. I don't get why she's warning them. Dean says, give them a taste of the curse, maybe? It could have been a joyride. 
it couldn't have been a joyride. Sam stops digging and says, here we go. Dean pours lighter fluid and Sam pours salt onto the bones in the coffin. A woman ghost materializes and rushes at Sam, sending him flying. Dean says, Sam, back off, crazy eyes. The ghost says, listen to me. Why isn't anybody listening? Dean holds out his lighter and flicks it, but it doesn't light. The ghost says, no. Dean says, you don't get a vote. The ghost says, no, stop. Dean flicks his lighter again, but nothing happens. Then Sam throws a lit match into the grave. The ghost says, no, and she burns up and disappears. Dean says, nice timing. So we cut to uh, the restaurant. Melanie is on the phone with Dean. She says, got it. And Dean, thanks. Melanie hangs up and says to Camille, they took care of it. Camille smiles and says, okay, so what, just go home? Melanie says, I guess. Camille looks worried. Melanie says, hey, why don't you come stay with me for a couple days? Camille says, thanks. So we cut to inside Camille's house. She's gathering items. Um, uh, She's gathering items to stay at Melanie's. Uh, She says, just one more minute. Melanie says, it's fine, hon. Camille says, oh, if you had that vision, you wouldn't want to be here either. Just then the clock chimes two o'clock. Melanie says, Camille, it's okay. Let's just go. Okay, I wouldn't be hanging out in the house at two o'clock. I would have been long gone by then. As far away from that as I could be. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like, just be gone by then. I know. Also, like, what is it that you absolutely need that can't wait till tomorrow, you know? Right. (laughs) Are we dumb? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Camille remembers her vision and Melanie says, what is it? The fire roars, roars to life in the fireplace and the lights flicker and electricity crackles. Camille says, call them back now. So Sam and Dean are driving in the Dodge. Dean's phone rings. Dean says, Melanie? Melanie says, Dean, you have to come back. Dean says, what's going on? Melanie says, it's still happening. Dean says, wait, what do you mean? It's Melanie says, she's still coming. Just tell me what the hell to do. Dean says, all right, listen to me. Calm down. Sam takes the phone from Dean and says, Dean, just give me the phone and drive. Sam says, Melanie, hey, get to the kitchen. Melanie says, okay. The ghost appears in front of Camille, who screams. Melanie says, she's here. Sam says, all right, just go. Get salt. The ghost hits Camille, who screams again. Then the ghost grabs Camille by the throat. Melanie throws salt at the ghost, who disappears. Melanie says, it worked. She's gone. Uh, The ghost appears again behind Camille. And Melanie says, no, she's back. Camille screams. She's there. She's no. She's gone. She's here. She's right over there. (laughs) Camille screams. Melanie says, I'm out of salt. Sam says, find iron. Is there a fireplace? Melanie. Melanie and Camille are standing back to back. Melanie is holding a fire poker. Then a chest of drawers crashes into Melanie, who crashes into a wall and falls to the floor unconscious. Camille says, Mel. The ghost appears behind Camille and drags her backwards. Melanie comes to and yells, Camille, Camille. Then we hear tearing flesh. Yuck. Yeah. Melanie says, Camille, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) So we cut to outside Camille's house. Dean and Sam pull up in the Dodge. Melanie um, comes out of the house crying. Dean puts his arm around Melanie and holds her. I thought that was sweet. We haven't seen him like genuinely hold someone in a while yeah so i liked it i liked it (laughs) so we cut to inside melanie's house it's daytime now dean says should have known the whole good sis bad sis story was just a showmanship crap 
Oh, and it turns out that Kate was just trying to warn people about her evil bitch sister, and we burned her bones, so that's gone. Sam says, Dean. Dean says, what? Sam says, all we can do now is go stop her. Dean says, that's not good enough. By a mile. Sam says, I know, believe me, but can we talk about this later? Melanie comes down the stairs in a bathrobe. She's still crying. Dean says, hey, how you holding up? Melanie says, been better. Dean says, listen, if you need for us to leave, Melanie says, I need you guys to leave. Sam says, okay, we will. It's just that, look, Margaret is still out there. Melanie says, what do you guys need to know? Sam says, is there anything that stood out? Melanie says, well, um, she barely gave a crap about me. I mean, I was just in the way. She was all about getting Camille. Dean says, okay, that's something. Melanie says, one other thing. Um, she enjoyed it. She was smiling. So we cut to the graveyard. It's still daytime. A headstone reads, Margaret Fox, born October 7th, 1833, died March 8th, 1893. Dean is digging the grave. Sam is next to the grave with a shovel. Dean says, I feel naked doing this in daylight. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, let's just hurry up. Isn't so that the first time that they've done that too? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't Prob think Dug yeah. up any graves during the day so far. Yeah. I feel like we've seen Bobby and Rufus dig up a grave during the day. But Yeah. But I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess it's implied when um with the whole Crowley situation. Oh yeah, that's right. But that was a really old graveyard where there's probably nobody. Oh, right? probably not, no. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> So we cut to Sam digging while Dean stands watch. Sam smashes the shovel onto the coffin to break it open. Dean says, all right, Mags, my lighter's juice this time. Sam lifts the top off the coffin of the grave. Sam lifts the top of the coffin out of the grave. Uh, the coffin is empty. So we cut to Dean and Sam walking through the cemetery to the car. Dean says, Geraldoed. Sam says, not good. Dean says, never good. <laughs> Sam says, Dean, is someone new enough to take Margaret's bones? They're not kidding around. That's serious binding magic. Dean says, great. Psychic ghost bitch on a leash. <laughs> Sam says, we got to find those bones. Dean says, so we got to find the bonehead. Dean takes a folded <laughs> piece of paper out of his pocket and tosses it into the <laughs> trunk. <laughs> I was fine with it until you started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no <laughs> uh, i'm fine i'm fine we can move on from this okay uh, okay <laughs> dean takes a folded piece of paper out of his pocket and tosses it into the trunk of the dodge sam says so what we call bobby and see what it takes to harness the power of a ghost dean says yeah dean looks at the piece of paper he just threw in the trunk picks it up and unfolds it. It's a flyer for the annual Lilydale Psychic Festival. Dean says, hey, Sam, you know why I'm not going to spend my money at the annual Lilydale ESP Festival and hot dog eating contest this year? Because <laughs> you have better things to do with your time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and no one should eat that many hot dogs. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dean holds the flyer out for Sam to see. The featured people were to be Imelda Graven, Gra Grandma Goldie, and Nikolai Lishin. Sam says, can't imagine. Dean says, because all the headliners are dead. So we cut to inside Melanie's house. Um, Melanie is looking at the flyer. She says, you know, after Nikolai, they asked Camille to take a spot. I mean, she's so popular, was so popular. Dean says, okay, uh, all these people, would you say they're, uh, you know, top dogs in town? Melanie says, well, it's not really like that. Dean says, but they were all doing well. I mean, your grandma. Melanie says, she wrote a few books, yeah, and Imelda was on the Nate Berkus show twice, so yeah, I guess they were doing pretty well. You think that's why she went after them? 
Dean says, I mean, if you had to guess, who do you think would be next in line? Melanie says, I mean, I don't know. Dean says, well, your grandma was headlining at the big hall, so who do you think they would ask to fill in for her? Melanie says, probably me. So we cut to inside the Emporium. Sam says, hey. Jimmy says, agent, are you here with my check? Sam says, I'm looking for someone who bought some things from you. Um, Jimmy says, how do you know from me? Sam says, I'm kind of doubting they sell Ashwood altars at the gas and sip. <laughs> Jimmy says, valid. Let me see the list. Jimmy takes out some record books and says, uh, here we go. Credit card receipt. I assume you want the address. Sam said, that'd be great. Thanks. Jimmy says, it's the least I can do. I just heard about Camille Thibodeau. Jimmy hands a piece of paper with an address on it to Sam. Sam says, thanks a lot. Uh, Jimmy says, you're welcome. So we cut to inside Melanie's house. Dean makes a salt circle around himself and Melanie. Melanie says, you're sure that'll work? Dean says, that should hold her off long enough for Sam to find the bones and burn them. Hopefully. Melanie says, hopefully. Does it hurt, does it hurt them, burning their bones? Dean says, I never really thought about it. Probably, yeah. Melanie says, good. So we cut to Sam driving a station wagon. He stops outside a house and checks the address on the piece of paper Jimmy gave him. Um, Sam bursts through the door of the house with his gun drawn. There's a bunch of pregnant people inside, and they scream. <laughs> Sam yells, where's the altar? <laughs> like, um, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> the room contains a bunch of pregnant women and their partners and an instructor all seated on cushions on the floor. The instructor says, it's there. Sam turns around to look at the altar and says, you're not a necromancer. <laughs> the instructor says, this is a Lamaze class. I I'm swear. Like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, I, I believe you. Sorry. <laughs> Sam leaves. The instructor strikes the bowl she's holding to make a ringing noise and then starts chanting again. Um, outside the... That would phase me more than that. Yeah, me too. I wouldn't just be able to be like, okay, you know, I can go back to whatever. I suppose if you're like leading a class you'd want to like calm everyone down as quick as possible but i just feel like holy shit dude <laughs> i mean yeah but you would still look a little bit disturbed even if you're trying to like gather everybody together instead of just being like eh, well okay you know <laughs> yeah that's true so outside the lamaze instructor's house sam calls dean and says dean it's the pawn shop guy dean says how do you know sam says he goose chased me to a friggin lamaze instructor's house uh, Dean says, all right, well, let's figure out where he put her bones. Melanie gasps. Sam says, I will. Margaret's ghost uh, has appeared at the window. Dean says, fast, Sam. So, um, ooh, what did I do with my notes here? Uh, Sam shuts. Okay, we cut to Sam uh, outside the Emporium, which is closed. He takes out Jimmy Tomorrow's business card. It reads, Jimmy Tomorrow, private readings, no future too grim, 809 Main Street, Lilydale, New York, USA. Um, so he walks along the street looking for the house numbers. He sees 811, turns around and finds 809 and a half. Sam opens the door and enters with his gun drawn. He looks around the dark room and walks over to a table where there's a skull, a lit candle, and some other stuff. Sam picks up the skull. There's the sound of a gun being cocked. And Jimmy says, somehow, I just knew you'd be back. Hi, agent. Put the skull down. Sam says, okay, okay, take it easy. Here. Sam raises the skull so Jimmy can take it from him. As Jimmy does, Sam turns, takes the gun from Jimmy, and knocks him backwards. Sam says, all right, that's enough. Uh, cut back to Melanie's house. Dean and Melanie are inside the salt circle looking out the window. Melanie says, is she gone? Dean says, I doubt it. Melanie says, but she can't get past the line, right? Dean says, right. The window glass bursts inwards and the wind blows in. We cut back to Sam. He knocks over the altar and says, nice binding spell. 
Jimmy says, it doesn't matter. She helps me because she wants to. Sam says, what? I was like, so, yeah, yeah, that, I don't think That's so. not good. Yeah. I don't think that's actually what's happening. <laughs> so we cut back to Melanie's. Uh, the wind breaks the salt circle. Dean says, damn it. I hate it when they do that. Get the salt. Go. Melanie says, Dean. Dean turns around and Margaret's ghost is in uh, the remains of the salt circle. She holds up a hand and flings Dean backwards. Margaret's ghost turns to Melanie, who is holding a fire poker. We come back to Sam. That's never a good thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we come back to Sam. Uh, Margaret, not Margaret, Jimmy says, Margaret and me are the same. We're the real thing. Uh, but guess what? Sometimes the real thing just isn't pretty or entertaining enough. So we cut back to uh, Melanie's house. Margaret's ghost raises her hand towards Melanie, but Dean shoots Margaret, who disappears. Cut back to Jimmy's. Jimmy says, when I show people what I'm capable of, it scares them. I can't pay my rent. Cut back to Melanie. Uh, she's <laughs> pouring salt. Margaret's ghost reappears. Dean says, get behind me. Dean steps in front of Melanie and raises his shotgun and says, that's as far as you go, bitch. So we cut back to Jimmy's. Jimmy says, Margaret's happy to kill for me. She likes the leash. Sam says, you're sick. Jimmy says, you know what else I am? A real psychic, you dickbag. Jimmy raises his hand, and Sam's gun flies out of his hand, lands on the floor. Jimmy picks it up. Jimmy says, surprise. Cut back to Melanie's house. Margaret's ghost smiles um, as the room starts to shake and the lights flicker. The salt line breaks again, and the floor splits open. Margaret's ghost says, ah, sorry, handsome. Dean shoots, and Margaret's ghost disappears. So we cut back to Sam who says, where are the rest of the bones? Uh, cut back to Melanie. Margaret's ghost appears again. Dean tries to shoot, but his gun doesn't fire. He picks up a metal chain and throws it, and Margaret's ghost disappears. I think I just said her gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, is definite, there is definitely, like, a little, a, a little grossed. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so we cut back to Jimmy's. Sam says, these people don't deserve to die. Jimmy says, oh, come on. Are you kidding me? I live in squalor because I can't put a show on like them. Sam says, don't do this. They're in the bedroom, aren't they? Jimmy says, no. <laughs> I didn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jimmy shoots at Sam but misses. Jimmy says, you're not getting in there. And he looks behind him. As he does, Sam takes out another gun and shoots him dead. So we cut to Melanie's house. Uh, Margaret's gross sends Dean sprawling onto the floor. Uh, we cut back to Sam, who picks up the skull and hurries through the bedroom. Cut back to Melanie. Um, Margaret's ghost punches Dean and then falls backwards. Melanie is holding the fire poker. Melanie says, Dean. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it a good time for a drink break? Because I think I need one, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, like, inhaled and then inhaled my spit and it didn't end well. <laughs> oh. Okay, so my note-taking is so wonky here because it's just a bunch of cutting back and forth. <laughs> it's fine. I'm following so far. You are? Okay, because I am confused. <laughs> <laughs> two different things happening at once. Yeah. Okay, so we cut back to Sam. Sam goes into the bedroom and pulls back the covers of the bed. There's a pile of bones on the bed. Cut back to Melanie. Margaret's ghost turns to Melanie and says, too bad. And then she appears right in front of Melanie and starts to choke her. Dean stirs on the floor. Super sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Cut back to Sam. He pours lighter fluid and salt on the bones. Uh, then Sam sets the bones on fire. We cut back to Melanie. 
uh, Margaret's ghost um, uh, steps away from Melanie, and then Margaret's ghost burns up as Melanie and Dean watch. So we cut back to the Good Graces Cafe. It's daytime. Dean and Sam are at a table. Dean says, in the bed? They were in the bed? <laughs> Sam says, yeah. Dean says, Thank ugh. There is hanky panky. <laughs> I know. Dean says, ugh, I can't believe he was boning her. <laughs> Sam says, Dean. The waiter says, can I get you anything else? Dean says, yeah, just a refill. And if you affirmate me, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> Sam looks away and smiles. The waiter says, alrighty then. Coffee coming up. So much Dean. angst. <laughs> yep. Dean says, I can't wait to get out of this freaking fortune cookie. Sam sees Melanie enter the cafe and says, Dean. Melanie looks around. Dean raises a hand to catch her attention. Sam says, I'm going to go uh, do something outside. So Sam gets up and heads to the door, greeting Melanie as he passes her. Dean stands up as Melanie comes to the table. Dean says, hi. Melanie says, hi. Dean says, have a seat. Melanie says, oh, thank you. Dean says, yeah. Melanie says, you didn't stick around so I could say thank you. Dean says, no reason to thank me. Melanie says, you saved my life. Dean says, yeah, but not your friends. Melanie says, well, you didn't send that ghost, so thank you for coming to kill it. You and Sam seem a little bit better. Dean says, you could tell that from the walk up. Melanie <laughs> says, take it or leave it. Also guessing you're not so keen to come visit here again, so this is goodbye. Wish we'd met on a better week. Dean says, I wish I had better weeks. <laughs> Melanie says, oh. I mean, Dean's that's fair, but. <laughs> I know. That's sad. <laughs> Dean says, but hey, you never know. It's not like you can tell the future, right? Melanie says, hmm. Melanie takes Dean's hand, turns it over, and looks at his palm. She says, well, answer's hazy. Try again later. Dean <laughs> says, right. So we cut to outside the cafe. Sam puts his bag in the trunk of the Dodge. Dean walks up and says, hey. Sam says, hey. Dean says, that's your stuff. Sam says, yeah, yeah, I figured we'd take one car. Dean says, works for me. You still want to break my face? Sam smiles and says, no, uh, not at this moment. Look, you know what? Uh, you were right about Amy. If she was just any monster, I'm not sure I could have let her walk away. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll never know. Dean says, so what are you saying? Sam says, what I'm saying is, I get why you did it. You were just trying to make sure no one else got hurt. But here's the thing. You can't just look me in the face and tell me you're fine. I mean, you're not sleeping. You drink for the record. Dean says, oh, here we go. <laughs> Sam says, look, whatever. Last one to preach, I know. But just be honest with me. How are those the actions of someone who knows they did the right thing? Dean says, you want me to be honest? Sam says, yeah. Dean says, I went with my gut. And that felt right. I didn't trust her, Sam. Of course, ever since Cass, I'm having a hard time trusting anybody. And as far as how I've been acting, I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't like lying to you. You know, it doesn't feel right. So yeah, you got me there. I've been climbing the walls. Sam says, I know how that is. But hey, if I learn one thing from that museum, sibling acts are tough. Dean says, oh, don't compare us to that hollow crazy. We're like poster kids of functional family life compared to them. <laughs> Sam says, it's a low bar. <laughs> Dean I mean... says, yeah. <laughs> It would be really hard to do the limbo underneath that bar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> and I'm short. <laughs> I'm not, but. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, well, hey, grading on a curve has got me past everything since kindergarten, so don't knock it. Sam says, whatever you say. And they get in the car. Sam says, I still want to know how that guy bent my spoon. <laughs> Dean says, forget it, Sam. It's Lilydale. And they drive away. And credits. Okay, so my first thought for today 
Yeah. It's that I totally forgot that Sam and Dean had broken up. And during the whole like first part of the episode, I was like, where is Sam? You know, like, <laughs> what's happening? You know, yeah. like, where yeah, did he I go? Wondered, I wondered if I should have done a little like recap on that. Like, remember they're broken up, but Eh, whatever. I hate it when they split up. I just, I can't stand it. And they should know better by now that they don't do well apart. No, they don't. But then, you know, they still have their little angsty moments and decide to go their separate ways. And it's like, I guess we can be back together again now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's never like, okay, I'm joining you. We're good now. It's like, I guess. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. and, then, and then they're fine, you know, but after like an episode, but they're just kind of like, well, I don't like you, or I can't be around you, I'm gonna leave, and then it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm fine with you now, good enough for now, and then they're like, but bro, in like the next episode, so it's just kind of like, okay, and it's always Sam leaving, too, have you noticed? Mm -hmm, Because Sam is the angsty one, Yeah, he's also the one that gets knocked out all the time. I know, God. Maybe he's so angsty because his because he, he has he brain damage. <laughs> yeah, because he needs a fucking helmet. He does. Like a full football helmet, too. Like, not even like a bike helmet. He needs like a face guard and everything. <laughs> yeah, he does. Because <laughs> he gets hit all the time. Aww. I wonder if they do that, like, if they do that on purpose, like, in, you know, after like the first few seasons like if they kind of started like Sam's gonna get knocked out again or if it's just like something that they don't even think about but he's always the one that ends up getting KO'd (laughs) yeah it must be on purpose by now by now yeah you would think it must be yeah but anyways yeah that is just like (laughs) it's something that I think about frequently (laughs) yeah Also, okay, so if my silverware ever stood up outside of, like, a Disney movie situation, like Beauty and the Beast, I would be freaked right out. (laughs) I would run away. I'd be like, I've seen how this ends, and I'm going to vacate the room. Even if I didn't know how it ended, like, if my silverware just, like, standing up on my coffee table, I would be like, um, I'm leaving, you know, like, I wouldn't be like, hmm, I wonder why that's happening, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Comes down to people in horror films. Don't go down the stairs. You know something awful is going to happen in the basement. Well, yep. I think I'm going to go down the stairs. <laughs> yep. Why? <laughs> you die every time. <laughs> like, there's no exceptions to this rule that I know of, you know? Yep. But Yeah, don't go in the basement. Especially don't go by yourself. Yeah, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nope. Also, I just kind of love how Ellen is like coming through with the death threat, death threats from beyond. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, I like, really like that part. Yeah. Like, watch it, homies. You gotta fix this shit. You yeah. Dean's <laughs> like, oh, fine. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess if she mean, if she said it, she probably means it. You know? <laughs> She's making me. Yeah. I know. Like, I'm only doing this because Ellen's making me, you know, (laughs) not because I want to, but because I have to. Yeah. Oh, is that, does that happen right before he like bitches out Sam? No, that's, he bitches out Sam because of Ellen. Because of Ellen. Okay. All right. He's like, "Uh, you know, you're not going to like this, but you're going to have to hear it, you know, like, and this is why I did the thing and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. 
which didn't help with the whole situation of angst. <laughs> no, it did not. Because then they're both angsting at each other, and it's not just one angsting. But <laughs> there's a lot of angst that just happened in that sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I think I think those are um, all of my thoughts. But what was your favorite moment from this episode? Well, I did, didn't have a lot of to choose from, I felt like. But, yeah, like, no. my favorite, besides the Ellen thing, because the Ellen thing was pretty cool, yeah. was um, when Melanie was like, um, I need a drink. And Dean was like, I support that. <laughs> I just yeah. really appreciated that line because <laughs> Dean is, like, drinking his ass off lately. I know. You know what I mean? And he's like, just, he's like, I'm just going to enable everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, this is great. Join the train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite moment? It sounds like Steve's got a favorite moment. What's your favorite moment, Steve? <laughs> he just goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you sh- don't you get on the table. Excuse you. You know better. <laughs> Anyways, um, so my favorite moment was when the wait. well, it's kind of like a double side. It's the waiter at the restaurant or the cafe or whatever oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you're a virile manifestation of the divine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes, he is. And then later when Dean's like, if you affirmate me again, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty like, good. Uh, I mean, all of that was just kind of great. It was mm-hmm. my favorite, one could say. <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just love how like, you know, perturbed Dean is by the situation. Like, I don't think he thinks that he's, you know, like anything special. I mean, obviously he kind of thinks he is because like every time there's a girl around, he's like, I got this, you know? Yeah. But like deep down inside, does he actually think he got it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. know? (laughs) I think deep down he doesn't think he got it. Because he's like, well, I think I think he knows how to put on a show, but he doesn't believe it, but it works, you know? Because, yeah. You know, he is who he is. But, yeah. <laughs> but then when, like, another guy is like, hey, you got this, he's like, um, what? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Like, but is it a he's kind of weirded out thing that it's coming from a guy? Or is it like he just doesn't think he got it? Or maybe both. Maybe both. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. I'm going to go with that option too, because I, I, I don't, I don't know what else to go with. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, moving on. So <laughs> our interesting facts, um, it says the orb of Thessaly. Yep. Is that how I say it? Is That's that how right? I said it. That's how I said it. Because it's, it's spelled Thessala. Oh, I spelled it, well, in my transcript, it said Thessaly. Yeah, see, that's the thing, is on, when I was going through the, um, uh, the episode and writing stuff down, I wrote it down, because I paused it, because I wanted to make sure I spelled it right, so I could try and look it up later. It was spelled T-H-E-S-S-A-L-Y, where literally everywhere else on the internet, it's spelled T-H-E-S-U-L-A-H. <laughs> Oh, weird. So huh. I'm guessing it's Thessaly still, yeah. but it doesn't look like it's spelled that way. Okay. 
But anyway, it says um, it's a plot device in this episode. Um, it was a major plot device in both the Buffy the Vampire. Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I had too much coffee. I'm talking. My my brain's working faster than my mouth. That's okay. I've had a lot of caffeine, and I was talking very fast. You should have seen Rochelle try to get my attention <laughs> to make me slow down because I was literally rocking back. She and was forth. rocking back and forth, but I was just like. When you were just rocking back and forth, I thought you were just having a time, you know? No, I was just trying to get you to look at me so I could give you hand motions to slow down. And you literally looked up for like a split second. And by the time I had my arms up, I'm just trying to be like, slow down. You were already back to zooming. <laughs> I think I saw like I saw you rocking, so I looked at you and I was like, oh, she's just rocking. Like, that's fine. You literally and then, <laughs> and then I saw your hand come up and I was like uh, immediately all I could think of was, oh hot damn. This, <laughs> this is my is jam. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Definitely trying to slow the roll there. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. It happens. <laughs> yeah, too much coffee as I drink some more. <laughs> okay, so uh, where was I? Mm -hmm. So it was a major plot device in both Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 97 and Angel from 99 TV shows. Okay. Um, it says the psychic at Good Graces tells Dean he's a virile manifestation of the divine. <laughs> it says Dean is Michael's sword, and in Hebrew, Michael means one who's like God. So, I mean. Huh. Okay, then. He's a manifestation of the divine. Yeah, he is. And, you know, a virile one at that. <laughs> That's right. Banana hammock. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. You know? I can see it, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fine with it. I'm, I, whatever, you know, it doesn't hurt me any. <laughs> um, so it says uh, the title of this episode is from uh, the TV crime show The Mentalist from 2008 to 2015 starring Simon Baker, which I feel like I've seen bits and pieces of, but not like... Oh my god, I love that show. I've seen all of it and I love it. Yeah. It's so good. I definitely like... Am I thinking of, wait. It's okay. It's this guy who used to pretend to be a psychic and there was a serial killer and he was helping out the cops. It was Red John is the name of the serial killer. And, and there's so like a lady cop who's like, he's partnered with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's, so he's like trying to help the cops find Red John and then Red John, like he does um the main guy does some sort of like interview on tv about it and huh. so red john goes and like kills his wife and his daughter i think I, yeah okay i have seen a couple episodes of yeah. that, but i didn't really know what was going on because i started and so, like yeah and so then he like joins the law enforcement to just for revenge and is like you know psychics aren't real you know yeah there's just people who can like really read you well and that's like yeah. all he does to help them solve yeah. cases and stuff but it's so good it's yeah. so good oh my god i don't like mind. it i think yeah. i own all of it actually yeah i don't mind the like you know cop drama type stuff but there's so many other things right now that i have to watch oh yeah <laughs> it is a cop drama for yeah. sure yeah yeah but the side characters are so good mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah at some point i might watch it but <laughs> yeah we'll see um 
So it says, during the seance in the first scene, uh, the woman asks if the dog Sadie is with her Uncle Danny. Um, Jared Padalecki um, had a dog named Sadie. Hmm. So at the time, he did. Um, But I think, I remember, I think this was like season 14 or 15. I remember hearing a, I think it was right around the pandemic time that he had to put Sadie down and he was saying that, you know, I remember seeing a post or something about it and then oh, I don't he remember got that. a new dog or something like okay. that not that long ago, hmm. maybe, but he did. And I, I think she was pretty old from what it sounded like. There okay. was, I mean, it was just an old age type thing, but yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Um, I could totally be like just bullshitting right now, but I'm pretty sure that's what I remember. So I could be wrong. Don't come after me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It says this is the second episode to not feature the Impala. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, The two ghosts um, are named after real people. Margareta Fox and Katie Fox, also known with their sister Leah or Leah. I'm going to go with Leah um, as the Fox sisters. Um, They are sometimes credited as the founders of America's 19th century spiritualism movement. Uh, their home was moved to Lilydale in 1927. Um, ironically, late in life, both Margareta and Kate were outspoken critics and debunkers of spiritualism. <laughs> I see. <laughs> They're like, mm, nah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says, toward the end, Melanie pretends to read Dean's palm and says, well, answers hazy, try again later. Uh, the magic eight ball fortune telling toy, popular since 1950, had 20 possible answers. Um, one was, reply hazy, try again. Mm-hmm. I remember, I never had one of those things, but I know a lot of people that had them and I just sit there and shake it over and over again and try and get different answers. Cause it almost like always seemed to land on like the same, like three squares, you know, yeah. like ask later, yes or no. Like that's all I've ever, and there's right. other ones cause you'd shake it around enough and eventually you get something different. But, um, so it says at the end of the episode, Dean says, forget it, Sam, it's Lilydale. Um, it's a play on the line from Jack Nicholson movie, Chinatown from 1974. Forget it, Jake. It's, did I say Jake or it sounded like I didn't, anyway, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. (laughs) That was hard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't think I said Jake. It sounded like I said shake. (laughs) I heard Jake. I heard Jake both times. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't say that right. Again, my brain is moving faster than my mouth is currently. And I think I was reading Chinatown and I, so I went shake instead of (laughs) Jake, but I think, I don't know. Anyway, we're moving on. Um, (laughs) It says upon finding that Margaret Fox's grave is empty. um, Dean says Geraldo, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. In 1986, the TV tabloid journalist Geraldo Rivera um, shamelessly hyped his upcoming live TV special in which he would open a secret vault, um, actually a cement sealed room in the basement of a hotel once owned by Al Capone. Um, the highlight of the two hour live broadcast was not, uh, the discovery of dead body or fabulous riches, but just an empty room. (laughs) Oh, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine Uh. investing two hours of your life into this thing. You can't, I mean, there's no fast forward. You just got to wait it out and then having it be an empty room at the end of it all. Oh, that's such a bummer, man. I would be so disappointed and quite honestly, probably a little miffed. (laughs) Yeah. Like this was supposed to be something exciting and it's literally just an empty room. That's two hours of my life. I will never get back. Yeah. <laughs> like uh. ever again. 
Um, so our, uh, whoops, my phone's pulling up ads and I don't want ads. So our research from this week is off of ghostquest.net um, about Lilydale because it is a real town and mm -hmm. it's the whole spiritualism, you know, the mentalists that, or not mentalists, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mediums. <laughs> I got mentalists stuck in my head now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a couple different um, places in Lilydale that have some uh, weird stuff. Um, so this is a folklore and haunted locations guide for Lilydale, New York off of ghostquest.net. Um, so it says the first one is inspiration stump. <laughs> like <laughs> literally a tree stump? So I think so. Um, yeah, so it doesn't really totally say, but I, I mean, it does say stump. So I'm assuming I'm, I'm, there's pictures of it on here and I can't totally tell if it's like an actual stump. I mean, it might be a stump that's like, there, so there's like stairs going up to it on like a platform. So I wonder if like you sit on the stump or something like that, but it's uh -huh. like covered. So you don't like actually sit on it or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird <laughs> setup. I don't totally get it, but. I'm thinking um, of people who hover over the toilet seat. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it says it's located in the, ooh, Leolin Woods of Lilydale, New York. Um, it's the monument known as the inspiration stump is an artifact with allegedly supernatural properties that's used by psychic mediums to assist with channeling the spirits of the dead. Um, many visitors report witnessing apparitions and feeling an unexplained energy or presence in the woods surrounding inspiration stump. And some even believe the stump to be a type of ver spiritual vortex or portal. Huh. The town of Lilydale holds spiritualist ceremonies at Inspiration Stump twice a day during the summer months. <laughs> oh, wow. People are encouraged to reach out to the spirits there for guidance. Twice a day? That's a I lot. Know, right? That's like, a lot of stumping. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, so the next one is the Lilydale Assembly Hall. Um, it says constructed during the 1880s as a meeting place for psychic mediums and spiritualists. Um, Lilydale Assembly Hall in Lilydale, New York, is said to be haunted by the spirit of a bearded man whose apparition apparition whose <laughs> 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 apparition is seen wearing glasses and Victorian era clothing. Um, guests at the hall also report feeling cold spots and sensing the presence of an unseen entity. Um, the Lily, Lily, <laughs> the Lilydale Assembly Hall is currently used by the residents of Lilydale for various spiritualist workshops, lectures, and demonstrations. Hmm. Um, and the last one here is the Maplewood Hotel. Um, it says the Maplewood Hotel was constructed in the late 1800s and is said to be a haunt or is said to be haunted by a number of unidentified spirits who remain for unknown reasons. Um, guests at the Maplewood Hotel in Lilydale um, report witnessing shadow figures and apparitions, as well as hearing the sounds of disembodied footsteps at night. Mm. I just, you know, the word disembodied, just, I don't like that word, because it just implies that, like, I don't There's know, for nobody. me, every time, 
Every time I hear the word disembodied, I think of people missing their limbs for some reason. <laughs> like, there's all these sounds of people that are, their bodies have been destructed, you know? Like, yeah. I, just, I don't mm, Yeah, I don't, I don't like it either. And I know that's not what disembodied means, but I just think of people with missing limbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm going to, too. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> um, anyway, so disembodied footsteps at night. Um, okay, and if they were act- if they were disembodied in the way that I'm thinking, there would no be there. There wouldn't be any footsteps. <laughs> Maybe they're just feet walking down the hallway. Yeah, uh, missing like their in, body. Um, uh, in the Adams family with the hand. Yeah, it's Ew. just feet walking. I don't like that. <laughs> Walking and skipping. Yeah. Skipping is worse. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, um, so it says, others report being woken in the middle of the night by a shadowy entity Mm. or feeling a strange presence as if someone else is in an otherwise empty room. Don't like it. I don't like that either. I will not stay there. Let's not go to Lilydale. Like. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You can go to Lilydale all you want, but I don't think I'm going to be joining that trip. (laughs) Okay, fine. Well, I want to see that stump. <laughs> go see the stump <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> no, you have to go with me to see the stump. Make Eric go with you. <laughs> okay. That's kind of like, I, I feel like that's his job. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> I'm going to let him know you said that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you have to go to this because that's your job. It's not... <laughs> it's not Not Rochelle's job Rochelle would like me to inform you that this is your job and not her job (laughs) to take you to spooky places that she doesn't want to be part of (laughs) yeah I mean he should have known what he signed up for yeah he did (laughs) I don't think it would surprise him if you're like hey you have to take me to this haunted place he'd probably be like go figure (laughs) yeah we took we took Killian to a haunted place in um in san diego it was just like this really old house and oh, yeah? it was boring it was so boring killian kept like looking around for ghosts but it was like daylight and just like an old house full of like like you couldn't go into the rooms they just had like glass over the doorways and it was mm-hmm. just like old shit in the rooms you know yeah. so killian was just like this is boring and not haunted <laughs> He's like, this is stupid. <laughs> I know. But now, now, after the fact, he's like, we went to a haunted house. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we did. I'm like, okay, what changed? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week? Um, okay. So we have this elliptical. And we've had it for going on 10 years now. It's a really, it's one of those really big ones. Mm -hmm. And um, we have stopped using it. (laughs) And um, my aunt and uncle came over the other day to drop off um, a bed for Killian that has Mm -hmm. rails. So he stops rolling around on the floor. (laughs) And I was talking with my uncle and he was like, you know, oh, that's a nice elliptical. And I was like, oh, cool. Do you want it? And Eric, like, looked at me, and I was like, yeah, you can totally have it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized, like, I should have probably talked to Eric about it before offering it away. (laughs) And my uncle was like, my uncle was like, how much do you want for it? And I was like, oh, no, you can just have it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and Eric is like staring at me and I'm like, oh. Like, I feel like there's eyes drilling through my skull right yeah. now. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So my aunt and uncle both got on it and they've really liked it. And they're like, well, you know, we'll have to think about it and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, that's fine. So they leave. And I was like, Eric, I totally offered them that elliptical without asking you. I, are you annoyed? And he was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. At I'm least sorry. <laughs> I, know. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> it. Kind of. Yeah, I just, I just, I mean, it's not like we're using it. And we had a treadmill on the way, which we yeah. have now. So yeah. it's not like I was giving away our only, like, you know, piece of, I want to say medical equipment, but that's not the word. Exercise equipment. There, there you go. go. <laughs> yeah. We got there eventually. Yeah. It's like, what's the word? Yeah. So, you know, we had a way to exercise. So, I mean, yeah. I just feel really stupid. So, anyway, but, I mean, he I got over it in like two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be, I mean, for me, anyways, like if I had something like that, I'd be like, I definitely want to sell this, not just give it away. Cause you spend a lot of money on those things. Oh, yeah. We did. Yeah. We totally did. And, yeah. You know, it's been 10 years. So, mm -hmm. but still, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel good about it staying in the family and they've, you know, done a lot for me. So, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, wasn't like I was going to charge him or anything, but I should have talked to Eric about it first for sure. No. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just like, for me, it'd be like, well, I planned on putting this on Craigslist or something, you yeah. know, like <laughs> we hadn't discussed getting rid of it at all. <laughs> Even better. You're just like, Hey, you want it? It's yours. Go yeah, for it. I know. Like, wait, I thought we were keeping it. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, I mean, was an ass, know. but That's what happened. <laughs> But it sounds like it was all, you know, all fine in the end. Yeah. So, so they've since then come and taken it away. And now we have yeah. so much more space in our living room. I love it. Yeah. I mean, ellipticals are not small. Yeah. It's a big one. It folds up, but um, yeah. it's still pretty big. So yeah. Anyway, what was your rigid or aspect moment? <laughs> so mine was, I was, a, I was stupid and I've been really bad about like, so Steve <laughs> eats pate. Okay. Because when he eats the other types of wet cat food, he gets so excited about it. He eats it so fast where with pate, he kind of like licks it down, you know, cause it's just in okay. like a block almost Yeah. where he just like licks it down and he takes his time. He still pukes every once in a while because he gets a little crazy about it. But for the most part, he can eat it without incident where okay. literally probably every single time I give him any sort of like, you know, just. I, it's like the weird like chunks in the gravy or whatever right he eats it so fast that he just vomits it all mm -hmm. up within like minutes you know like he oh. just like can't even control himself <laughs> and he does it every time you'd think that he would have learned no he didn't he just he does it every time but I was like uh-oh I forgot to get more pate and so I ran to the store and all they had was the chunks right yeah <laughs> and I'm like oh no and me being an idiot decided to just because he, he always gets a half a can or whatever it is you know every night and I like scooped out a half a can stuck it in the thing and like just handed it to him not even thinking and like two minutes later I hear this you know, 
and I go out there and I'm having to like fight the dog from trying to eat the cat vomit. So I'm like, <laughs> oh. which I mean, Steve wanted nothing to do with it <laughs> anymore. Yeah. But, like I'm trying to like grab the dog and shove him outside. So that way I could like clean up all the cat vomit all over the floor, which I got to say is much easier now that you know I'm living in a place that has hardwoods because you can just like wipe it up, spray the hardwoods, and then clean. You're done. Whereas yeah. carpet, you're having to like pick it up, spray it, scrub it in, spray it. You know, get it all. It's just like ugh, you know. Yeah. That was the good part about it. But I was just a big old idiot and just gave him all of his food, and then he proceeded to do the exact thing that I knew he was going to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Poor Steve. I kind of created that. Oh, no, no, poor Steve. <laughs> Steve has no impulse control. <laughs> <laughs> he literally cannot stop himself from doing the stupid thing. Yeah. But, and he always is, like, disappointed. And then, so he eats all of it, pukes it up, and then is wandering around following me going, hey, I didn't get my dinner. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it's like, well. And I never give him more because it's like, dude, if you're going to be dumb enough to eat it that fast and throw it up, eventually you might learn. He hasn't. No. Nope. So he's also kind of an idiot too. Yeah. But anyways, enough about cat puke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspaspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.